Welcome to the Epiphany Movement Podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's talk from Pastor Drake Nelson. I'm not really excited, honestly, about where we're going this morning. Um, and, I, and I don't quite know exactly what I'm going to say. A lot of things come to my mind. Um, and a part of me is afraid. But in the same sense, a responsibility to, to, to speak to it um, and just thinking long and hard. But I think, I think God has a message for us this morning. Matter of fact, I know that God has a message for us in this room this morning from the throne room of heaven to us in a building, the church in a building. And so I'm just going to ask that you would pray for me, that you would pray that God would get me out of the way and that somehow God Himself would speak through me, through the Holy Spirit, and into your life. Because if that doesn't happen, then this is just a charades, it's an act, it doesn't matter. It's all for naught. It, it, but if God will speak through me, then it will move in a way in our lives to which will affect us not today, but potentially just change everything about us and possibly more years to count change our eternity. So let's pray and, um, and you pray for this service as well. God, we, we seek your, your face um, and, and and God, a heavy burden or message, maybe be a better word. Um, I think that you have in store today, and 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 I and I just pray, God, that we will have the hearts and and, and the ears to hear it and and, and to see. Um, I, I pray for me that you would just remove Drake from this scenario, from this. This, this morning. And God, I pray that it would be all you. And your word. And I want to pray this in your name. Amen. And amen. Um, you know, I, I, love the, I love the Bible. And one of the things I like most about the Bible is that it tells us how to do this. How, how to do church. I mean, it specifically says 
how we are to, to organize and to function ourselves. And one of the things that it says is that when you are having a, a, a service and someone gets a revelation, meaning that someone gets a message from God, a, a revelation in their life, maybe something resonates within you or something um, um, deep within you, say, I've lived that, I've seen that to be true, I know that to be true, then that person is to speak out in the service and then we are to continue on. And in so doing that, we are following the biblical guidelines how to create a biblical atmosphere in which the Holy Spirit comes and dwells this morning. And so my hope is that you will not tamper that in your own life through nerves or through fear, that when something is said or something is proclaimed or a revelation is given in your life, that you will speak that. Amen to that. That is true, that if you have a question that you would ask, if you need me to restate something that, uh, that you would say, can you go back and re-say that, that in so doing, we would create an atmosphere of worship, of reverence, and an atmosphere in which the Holy Spirit is manifest in our life. So today we're going to be in Genesis chapter 3. Um, amen. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 3. I know you've heard, um, just thinking, hundreds of sermons on what Miss Becky so wonderfully read. I think you need to do an audio book or something, Miss Becky. I mean, that was wonderful. I know I can tell you were uh, you, you've you've you were a teacher for for uh, I can definitely tell. And so I'm not going to bore you, and I'm not going to just read the entire. Maybe bore is a bad word because nothing's boring about the Word of God. But I'm not I'm not going to repeat all the stories and all the sermons and all the times that you've read this passage. But I want to try to illuminate this. And I think God is going to do that in a fresh way this morning. So if you look at Genesis chapter 3, we're just going to read right off the bat and then we'll go from there. But here's what it says. The serpent, in verse 1, was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat of the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from fruit in the trees of the garden, the woman replied. It's only from the fruit in the tree of the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it lest you die. You won't die, verse 4, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Do you see what Satan does just right off the bat? What Satan does in this passage is he takes the Word of God and he makes Eve doubt the Word of God. And in so doubting the Word of God, she begins to doubt the character of God. And we have that going on in our culture right now. We have that going on in the United States and even in Mississippi. If you don't believe me, just look at what June month is about. Everywhere I go, pride this and pride this. 
and it's on our TV screens. I mean, am I right or am I wrong? And it has snuck, and in my opinion, it's not snuck, the date Satan has drug it into, and I'm not talking about churches in the north or in the west. I'm talking about churches that are in our state. In Mississippi, we are dealing with the acceptance and the approval, is a better word to use, of all that Pride Month in June is about. So how did this happen? I'll tell you how it's happened. It's happened with exactly what Eve dealt with. We have taken the Word of God, we have twisted it, we have doubted it, and in doing so, we have neglected and desacronized God's character. That God is a God of love and not a God of boundaries. But in so doing, we have neglected that without boundaries, there is no love. Ask any parent in here that boundaries are a result of the very utmost love. But lest we look out there for a moment, let's look at what's going on in our backyard for just a minute this morning. That pastors all this week, all this week, this week, pastors all across the SBC have been on their faces in prayer. And I've gone to meeting after meeting, and why have I gone to? Because... We have let a 205 page list. 200, just think about that. 205 pages long of 700 different accusations, sexual assault accusations that have gone on in our backyard, in the SBC, of over 400 different abusers, some being multiple, multiple offenders. And that's going on in Mississippi. Most anywhere else than any other state has come from our state. And from 1966 to 2022, what did the SBC, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just hashing the SBC, but I'm just saying, what did we do with it? You know what we did? We did just like Eve did. We sewed it up with our fig leaves and just tried to cover everything up until this week, which we finally said there can be no more cover up, so we just let it all, here it is. But oh, that's not our church. Let me ask you in your life this morning. In your life this morning, everyone sitting in here, in your life this morning, what is Satan getting you to doubt in the Word of God? Getting you to neglect in the Word of God? Or twist in the Word of God? Did God really say so that we sweep something under the rug and we go on about our daily life? Let me ask you a question. What is the root of all evil? What is the root of sin? What is the root of it? 
When Eve got the apple or the fruit and she ate, was it in so eating and taking a bite that the sin occurred? Was it when it went into her stomach that the sin occurred? If someone was to walk through that back door, Lord forbid, and shoot me in the head right now, would it be the pulling of the trigger that was the sin? Would it be the bullet passing through my head that would be the sin? When would the sin occur? And what I believe is that the sin didn't occur when Eve took a bite of the fruit. The sin at the very essence, when it's all sifted down the sin begins in here it begins within us the sin begins in the heart that's why jesus said out of the heart the mouth speaks and so what eve did is eve took the knowledge of the good and evil that was once outside of her and she brought that within her so that the knowledge was, was formally outside, knowing evil, having pertaining to evil, and brought that within her. But do you see what she did, church? It's what I would almost say that every single one of us do in the building this morning. And it, this is a building, not a church. You are the church. We are the church. And we got to get some things straight this morning. Because do you see what she did? She justified it. Temptation is not the problem I don't believe this morning. It may be a problem, but it's not the problem. We are the problem in here this morning. Temptation, hear me, is not a sin. Anybody would back me up this morning. Somebody besides Mr. Donnie. I love you, Donnie. Man, temptation, but Drake, you don't know what I'm tempted with. I'm tempted with, I'm tempted with alcohol, I'm tempted with adultery, I'm tempted with lust, I'm tempted with, 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 with homosexuality, I'm tempted with lying, I'm tempted with cheating, I'm tempted with my tongue, I'm tempted with, and you name it. I, I, I got, there's tons of stuff that comes up to my mind, but I'm not going to say it, that we're tempted with. You don't know what I'm tempted with, Drake, and I'm going to say, you're right. I don't know what you're tempted with, but I know the temptation is not the sin. So then how do we get from temptation to the sin? And I would say we all do this. We justify it in our lives. Well, you don't know what my dad did. You don't know what I'm going through. I deserve this. This is my clutch. This is my one sin. This is what I go back to. Oh, well, God doesn't want this for me, so I'm going to get it for myself. And that's what we always say. We always justify it. But we can't justify it, church. We can't do this. What God says is wrong is wrong, and what God says is right is right, point blank. Because you're not justifying it before God, and neither did Eve, and neither did Adam. And, man, God, please, 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 please help me, God, please. Give me the right words and the right heart. Please, in church, hear my heart when I'm, what I'm about to say. Um, please, just help me. Eve does something that is, is wild. What she does is she takes the fruit and she takes it to Adam. And what does Adam have the chance to do? Adam has the chance in this, in this situation. He has a chance to lead Eve back into a relationship with God or to follow his wife. 
And what does Adam decide to do? He drops the ball. Followed Eve. And men in the church, men in the church, husbands in the church, fathers that I'm speaking to right now, it is your job by God's Word to lead your family, to lead your wife. I'm not talking about the women right now. I'm speaking directly to you men that are in the room right now. It is your job to lead your wife into a relationship with God. that, That is our job. It is our job to read the Bible with them, to pray with them, to ask good questions, to get to know them, to sit there and have spiritual dialogue with them. It is our job, fathers, to lead our children, to bring them to church, to bring them to Bible school. That is on you. That is on us. So for a second, let's just put down the TV remote. Let's get off off our phones for just one minute and our nose out of a book and stop working seven days a week. Please hear my heart. And let's lead our families. Because that is your job. That is our job. I guarantee y'all, if you ask any woman in here, any woman in here, would you rather have a husband that is like as good looking as Brad Pitt or as rich as uh, Bill Gates or, or as godly as Billy Graham? Every single woman, every single one is going to say, give me a husband who is godly. Give me a husband who is seeking the face of God. Give me someone who is going to lead me. Thank you. And we desire it. With all of our heart, we desire that. Thank you. That's how church is supposed to be. I'm speaking to, to I'm I'm speaking to me this morning. You got everything figured out, Pastor? No, no. And I'm going to tell you something. I could speak the rest of the day on this. I could speak, and I'm not talking about the rest of this sermon. I'm talking about the rest of the day on this. We could cancel everything else the rest of the day, and I could speak all day on this one topic. What I'm about to say can turn you into a spiritual, someone who is not spiritual at all, to a spiritual giant, whatever that means. Because I don't even know what that means. But it can revolutionize your life. This one fact. Hear me, write this down in your notes. Write this down in your phone. Write this down in your Bible. Write this down in your memory. Is that what we need to do as... uh, 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 What we need to do is we need to draw a circle around us. You need to draw a circle around you this morning and say the change starts here. That I am responsible for me. 
Because in the text, in the passage, what we see is that Adam says, no, 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 it's just Eve's fault. And Eve says, no, 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 it's Satan's fault. And the blame game begins. But we got to take personal responsibility for you. You caused you to sin. You fell away. It wasn't what your dad did, what your mom did. Um, uh, it wasn't what anyone else did. It's your responsibility. And we live, we live in 2022, and we, and, and man, please help me, God. Mm. I need it. Man, we, we live in a culture that wants to blame everyone else. We want, we, I'm so glad this ain't on Facebook. Uh, we we, we want to blame the white man. We want to blame the black man. We want to blame the media. We want to blame the government. We want to blame the generation ahead of us or the generation behind us. But at some point, we got to look in the mirror and say, it begins, like, like I, you're, I, we are responsible for us. It's on us. And what happens in the rest of the story? I'll tell you what happens is that they hide and they have sown fig leaves and they are just afraid. And isn't it funny how they stand behind the tree and we think, oh, that's so silly. They've hid behind the tree. They're not going to hide from God. We've all hid behind trees. What's your tree that you hide behind? I have mine. And as they begin to hide, they're thinking God is about to come down with a hammer on us. He's about to come down with His wrath on us. And as finally, as, they, as God comes, He asks a question that He will ask every single one of us in the room. Where are you and what did you do? And two, two, two weeks ago, Y'all, two weeks ago, I had, to, I had to get on my face and repent before God. Because I'm sitting in here and I'm trying to worship. And conviction just begins to eat at my heart. And I'm thinking, God, please forgive me. And, and here's what I needed forgiveness for is that when I first started in ministry, Lord bless y'all's hearts, man, every single week, I would pray and ask God, would you give me a word, God? What do you want me to say? I don't know y'all. I don't know these people. And I, I just need you. I just need you to like, like give me something to give them. And every week I would do this. And sometimes it was hard work. It was prayers. I mean, I would pray for three days straight just praying, God, give me something. And sometimes I would get something on Monday, sometimes Tuesday. But sometimes it wouldn't be till Friday until God would eventually say, this is what I want you to speak on. And I and and I got so good at the pastorate game. I got so good at just saying, you know what? I got a topic that I want to talk about, and I know how I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to give that topic, and I'm going to ask God, would you bless it? 
I'm already headed down. How ignorant is that? God, I'm already headed down the road. Would you bless where I'm going? Please bless the sermon. When I haven't even asked him if that's what you want me to speak on in the first place. Because why? Because it's hard work and because I'm lazy and because I don't want to spend however long in prayer and I need to be prepared and somehow I'm playing professional pastorate. Like, what are we doing with this? And so I had to ask God, please forgive me and say, God, what do you want me to speak on? I don't care. Whatever you want me to speak on, I'll speak on it. And this was last Sunday and I felt the Holy Spirit say, I want you to speak on hell. I want you to speak on hell. I want you to speak on hell. And I said, God, I don't want to, but if that's what you want me to, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And so last week, if you remember, we taught on Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. If your right hand causes you to sin and cut it off, throw it away, it would be better than to be thrown. And we talked about the lake of fire and what hell looks like. And I got done. I didn't expect to do this, but I got done. And I just said, hey, let's just take a minute with the service, y'all. And let's come down and pray. And that's what we did. And we just took a couple of moments and we came down and prayed. And I honestly don't know if anybody else came down, but I know I, I just wanted to pray. And so I started to ask for forgiveness for my own life and then I and then I just began to like I was so mad at myself I thought I did so bad with the sermon like like God like this is so bad you know like ah, I had so many thoughts that I wanted to say I didn't say one of them and it was just all twisted up so I'm sitting down here complaining about God complaining about myself to God saying I'm so sorry that I screwed it up and here's what God in that moment I felt like he poured this into my spirit and this is the first time this has ever happened when I felt like he poured into my spirit was son I am proud of you I'm not proud that you gave an amazing sermon I'm not proud that your sermon was terrible I am proud of you that you've sought my face and that you sought after me and that with the best of your ability you walked after me you don't have to get it all right you didn't have to say it all right but Drake just know I'm proud of you and, and, and last week I'm like I'm just breaking down like what in the world is just going on that this was so amazing and I want to tell you this morning that we've hid behind trees and that we've ran from God but God comes up and when he sees Adam and when he sees Eve they're thinking that God's hammer of judgment is coming for me and we all think the same thing we have a zapology theology but God is coming to say son son daughter daughter I am proud of you Come into the kingdom. Come into a relationship. He's not trying to kick you out. He's not trying to get you into hell. He's trying with an open arms to say, come in, child. Come in to a relationship with me. And how does he do that? He does it the same way he did it for Eve. When he took Eve and he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actually kill an animal with the blood. I'm going to put these uh, coats on you and that's how you're going to hide your nakedness. What does that mean for us? It just means that God has taken his son with the blood and with his skin. He has wrapped him over us so that we will be found out, yes, but we will be forgiven. He's not out with an iron scepter this morning trying to smack us. He is out with an open hand this morning trying to draw us in and cover us. It reminds me of the mom who gets a call in the dead middle of the night. Sweet little mom has Andy, her son, 
who is 16 years old and he has gone out with his friends and he has found himself at 2 o'clock. At 2 o'clock at night, she gets a phone call. This is from Andy. What does he want? And he, she opens the phone and poor Andy finds himself at a party and there's, drink, there's, there's drugs everywhere. There's drinking going on everywhere. Naked people walking all around. And Andy's like, I, 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 what's going on? And so he freaks out and doesn't know what to do. But he says, I, I know I'm going to be in trouble. I know my mom's going to be mad. But I, I just need to call my mom and, and, and so he does and the mom picks up the phone and says hello and sweet little Andy says mom I'm, I'm at this dress address can you please come get me and so he sits there and the mom finally pulls up and he goes and he gets in the car and he's sitting in the back seat and he's thinking that he's about to see the anger the fury of God in the eyes of his mom but needless to say when the mom turns around and looks back at Andy she has tears running down her eyes and he looks she looks back at Andy and says son I am so so proud of you and who you are and who, what you've done and who you've become. And that's God this morning saying, I am proud of you. I'm not trying to neglect you. I'm not trying to stamp you out. I love My favorite part, just in closing, this morning... Um, if you don't mind, would you play um, play us something on the on the keys? The very last thing I can't do that to Miss Melanie. She'll she'll call my eyes out if I put her on the spot. The very last thing that we see in Genesis chapter three is that it kind of has this idea and it starts to say us, us, that, that they will become like us. And who's it talking to? It's God, the Father, and the, whole, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit just having a conversation amongst themselves saying that we don't want the human beings to, like, to be like us, knowing good and evil, yes. But if they eat of the tree of life, if they eat of that tree of life, then they will live forever. And so what he does is he puts a cherubim and a flaming sword going back and forth. You ask, where is that at? Well, Revelation tells us that that's actually in heaven now in the new Jerusalem being prepared. And that doesn't really make sense to us because it's like, what? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We, 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 you know, we know that. Um, but somehow in that day, we don't quite understand this, but somehow in that day, if you ate something and it went inside you, it had the ability to cure anything. Kind of like medicine now has the ability to cure a disease. Well, that fruit could cure your body ever dying. So yes, when you die, your soul will be absent from the body, but present with the Lord. That is where your soul will be, but your body it will die, and your body will stay here. But in Revelation, it talks about we will get these new bodies with no more tears, with no more shame, with no more deterioration of these perfected bodies that we're all longing for. And when we get those bodies in Revelation twenty two fourteen, it says this. It says that then we will be able to eat of the tree of life so that we may live forever there is a time coming when we will be able to eat that fruit that god has forbidden us so long ago and say yes now our body will live your body not your soul they will both live 
forever. And ladies and gentlemen in here this morning, that is a possibility that is available to all of us under the sound of my voice, hopefully the Holy Spirit speaking through me, under this roof, that that possibility to have an eternity with God is on the table. It's on the table. And as we begin to play, um, Mr. David, I'm going to do something a little bit different, if this is okay. Um, I'm actually going to just say, would you just bow your heads right where you are? I know in the church that we are, we don't really like necessarily to come down, and I understand that. I, I didn't like coming down when I was a kid either. Uh, I still really don't. But right where you are, there's been so many different points of, of, of talk that we, we've gone from salvation to, to sin to taking responsibility for himself, to husbands leading. I know we've been a lot, but Genesis 3 has a lot in it. But whatever you are holding on to this morning, whatever has spoken to you, as you are praying, just pray to God. I don't know what to tell you to pray, but I know the Holy Spirit is in here this morning, and the Holy Spirit is alive and active this morning. And I'm just going to pray that He will convict you, He will lead you in your prayer to God.